She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the book besties. <laughs> Tall, skinny, white dude kind of looks like Beetlejuice. Moving on. Thanks for ringing my bell. I forgot about that. <laughs> This, this episode has been too many inside jokes. We need to get our shit together so our listeners can follow along. Meeting me is an event at times. Ah! That's how I felt the whole time. Ah! I'm just going to hold my headphones out for a minute. <laughs> Keep going. I hear you. I'm not okay. This book really pissed me off. Why did we say it like that? What the heck? I don't know. We set a pace and we just went with it. <laughs> we just went with it. That was that was awkward. <laughs> Welcome to my life, babe. I mean, you you just watched me fight with lights for 15 minutes. After or, I was fighting with my microphone for 15 minutes. So, I mean, if it's not a tempo of our lives, I don't know what yeah. it is. Someday I'll have my life together, but I'm 40 and it hasn't happened yet, so. Oh, Here's I'm- hoping someday. <laughs> uh, so, I sent the girls across the street to a birthday party today without me. Like, right. Well, Piper's thir- almost 13, right? Yeah, I guess. And, and I, I'm like, I'm in my pajamas. I gotta shower. I gotta get ready for this, right? Yeah. So, I walk them over and it's... They're just such sweet family. They're um they're immigrants, mm-hmm. and so Luke has to the boy has to um sometimes translate for them in rough mm-hmm. situations. But mm-hmm. his mom is comfortable enough with her with me that she's okay with her English, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's like, I can walk them home. She is two doors down on the <laughs> other side of the road. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm like, I, I thanked her profusely, and I'm like. They're going to be fine. I promise. <laughs> Not a rough hood. <laughs> Man. Um, I like your color shirt on you. Uh, thank you. I, um, I tried, I'm going on a date with Tom tonight uh, for fancy. Valentine's Day. Uh, we're filming this in February. February? But yeah. we're, it's definitely past Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day when we're filming this. Oh, yeah. Um, we just didn't do anything for Valentine's Day because it was a Monday this year, which, like, right. I went to work and we had Cub Scouts. But we're going on a date tonight, and I tried on five different shirts. To go to on a go date on with a your date. husband? <laughs> <laughs> to go on a date with my husband. Who's watched <laughs> you give birth? <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Saw my guts all outside my body while they pulled the boys out of me. <laughs> but, you know. Appearances matter. <laughs> Listen, he kept telling if, me. He kept he telling me. Ha- he kept telling me, "I don't care what you wear. Like dress the way we want to wear." And I was like, "I'm dressing for you. I want to be cute for you." But and if then, it makes you feel good, then that's what's important to me. Well, then I got all ready. I took my sweet time. Tried on five different shirts. I curled my hair, which I've been having some self conscious issues with this haircut. And I curled my hair and I put on my makeup and I come out. Of the bathroom, and he just goes, "What's up?" I'm like, "Well, cool." So thanks, Tom. Cool. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Nothing will suck the wind out of your sails. Like your and husband being like, "Who are you dressing up for?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Molly, because I'm filming with you first. <laughs> well, I appreciate the effort. <laughs> As I'm sitting here looking like Morticia Adams, henceforth me fighting with the lights. Well, the lights have definitely improved. Like when you, when we first came on, I was like, I was um, a ghost. <laughs> you are a vampire. Like you could be a Cullen. Well, my um, I, I recently got my hair darker, right? Yes. Um, right. She had to touch it up. I had her touch it up. I asked her to touch it up, and she did. Mm-hmm. But the green that would come through when I had had it green. Mm-hmm. It's now decided it's making its life mission to be noticed. So, <laughs> so now that I don't want it, it wants to be a part of my life. You know how that goes. Mm, it's a cat. It's like a bad ex. <laughs> yes. Or a cat, right? Now that you yeah, want nothing to do with it, point. it's following you around. So she goes and she mixes like a darker chocolate covered cherry kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. the red will balance out the green. But now, like, I look like a ghost because that's color makes me pale. I, Paler think you than should, I am. <laughs> I think you should go back to red. 
Uh, like the red color that I normally have, not this dark nonsense. The Kepner red? Yeah. The I'll think about it. Kepner red. That's, I'm going back to that. I have a hair appointment uh, next week, actually. So. I keep um, teasing Matt and ask t- and, uh, the girl that cuts my hair, it cuts in colors, the girls that cut and color my hair, they also cut Matt's hair. And mm-hmm. we keep teasing him that we're going to color match his hair and dye my hair that color. Because <laughs> Matt's is the perfect red. It's not it too orange. It is not yeah. too red. It well, I mean, it's it's natural, so. <laughs> right. Well, it, it's, just per- it, it's just perfect. And he hates that I talk about his hair color that much. But I love my hair's hair color. Okay. Yeah, this great. week's book is a Molly pick. We are doing The Invisible Life of Annie LaRue. By by V.E. Schwab, who actually writes, she actually writes uh, young adult books. She also writes young adult books, but she goes by a different name when she writes the young adult books. I have a lot of thoughts about this book. Yeah, me too. Um, So... I, I was going to I was going to look up her name real quick what she writes okay. for young for so young adults. So when I first heard about this book, it was several years ago. And all I heard was a girl running through time and it jumps between timelines and I was like the first thing that came to my mind and this is so stupid. The first thing that came to my mind is do you remember in Grays? Okay, I should always Preferences. Yes, of course you remember in Grace. Do you remember in Grace when Lexi was helping the author finish her novel? Oh my gosh, yes. But that what, to me, that to me was more like Twilighty. Like which Well, she was like time jumping and like Yeah. Anyways, I guess kind of reminds me of Discovery of Witches. I of. was kind of hoping for that. But mm. I did not get that so no. i might have to write something like that just because so, i want it so bad before we get into it too deep she goes by victoria schwab when she's writing ya and ve mm-hmm. schwab when she's writing na and she does differentiate those two and i feel like it was a missed mark here that she that her name is on the cover right I want to talk about that but we can talk about that later towards the end when we start talking about you know the end of the book but i, yeah. I think it's a missed mark that her name is on the cover interesting you want to give a synopsis? Because um, I feel like I'm going to be doing this a lot this episode. Oh, let so. me find mine because I well, have might as well. I have problems too with this, so I might as well get oh! the ball rolling. I forgot to tell the besties about my socks <laughs> that you sent me for Valentine's Day. I did, in fact, send you socks for Valentine's Day. Are you wearing them? No, no. Uh, I wore them this week to Cairo. Because uh-huh. I wear my funky socks to chiropractor right. because they have to fuck with my ankle because I'm a shit show. So I put them on and she had, poor Dr. Long, she needs to <laughs> warn me. She had two chiropractic students there from the chiropractic college. <laughs> They're grownups. It's fine. They just don't know Molly. So yeah. meeting me is an event at times. So... <laughs> Are you going to tell everybody what the socks say? Oh, they say fuck off. <laughs> From the bottoms. So and when beautiful, up, bold text. Yeah. When your feet are up, they say fuck off. I sent a pair to you and to Nurse Katie to celebrate yep. Valentine's Day. Yep. It's, and Nurse uh, Katie sent us a present, but we will reveal that present in a few months. Yes. So we're going to hold on to that for right now. Yes. <laughs> okay. Synopsis. Synopsis. <laughs> I miss when you called it a synapsis and your New York accent. Oh, you want my synapsis? I can give you a synapsis. Does that make you feel better? (laughs) I feel like I'm being judged if I don't say synopsis, though. Well, I 100% believe you are being judged. (laughs) Just not by me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The Invisible Life of Eddie LaRue. This historical Fiction historical fantasy novel is based on the life of Adeline Addie LaRue. We meet her several times in several different years, starting in 1698 and ending in 2016. Yeah. She asks a favor from the god of night. Pretty much the freaking devil. Right. And it changes her life forever. Addie, not wanting to wed, begs for more time and out of her situation and out of her situation. But the fine print really got her. Now she is forgettable by everyone she meets until she mm-hmm. meets Henry. Henry. 
Henry. Henry. Henry. Anyways, so that's my synopsis. Synopsis. I mean, Do you want to add anything to it? So much, because there's a lot of shit you didn't mention. <laughs> I was trying to keep it under a paragraph, man. Um, well, I mean, I had a really hard time with the timeline of this book, and it's not just because, like, it bounces between history and right. not really present, because 2016 is still... Although, I don't have any idea when this book was published. When was uh, I'll look. You keep talking. Um, 2020. So, it wasn't... It was recent history, but first not, edition is twenty twenty. Yes, right. So recent history, but not. Um, but I had a hard time I with thought this it. Came out before then. No, it's been on the TikTok and the Instagram. Not, sponsored. but I thought I saw it in like the six, the tens, like the late tens, like eighteen or something. Clearly not. Um, <laughs> Going, but I I struggled with the timeline because she's a part of history, but like she's really not. And so, um, October of 2020, you're right. I'm wrong. So I don't, um, I mean, I don't really know what was happening in France in the early 1600s. And I guess well, maybe it was accurate. Um, I've said this several times on this podcast. I do not like historical fiction. No. Um, and Molly, damn it, has picked a lot of historical fiction for this Because it's my genre, man. And I, uh, we have... We have three historical fiction books this month, and I had to read The Hunger Games again as a palate cleanser. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Like, to be fair, we're also covering The Hunger Games this month, but, like, I was just... I couldn't. I couldn't. So, (laughs) I started this as an audiobook, Mm -hmm. and I was in by chapter four. Mm -hmm. I was struggling because they jump between times so quickly. Right. I was struggling so hard. I had to actually order the physical copy right. so I could keep track. And man, and we, bo- we both have a special edition from Amazon. If you're on the YouTube, that's a um, special edition from Amazon. I took the girls to Barnes and Nobles a couple weeks ago, and they had a red cover one, which yeah, was pretty. So the thing about this book, I don't understand, is that this is one of the ones that has like many special editions right. of it. And people are, like, on Instagram, on Reels, and on TikTok, and they're showing off all the many different versions of it they have. And I'm, like, I read it, and I'm, like, why would you want more than one version of this? I'm not even happy I own one version of it. Um, But I did read the physical book. Um, I bought this one because there was a wait list at the library. Yeah. Um, Of the length of your arm, probably. Yes. Please use your local library. Support libraries. We are big fans of libraries on the pod. Not just because I'm a librarian, but we both support our local libraries to do that. But this book had a long wait list, and I was like, okay, I'll just go ahead and buy it. Um, But historical fiction, not my jam. Historical fantasy, somehow worse. Although, I have to say, I do have a- Historical fantasy- Normally is also mixed together, but this just, I don't know. Okay, it was not good. I do have a historical fantasy book that I do like, and I'm okay. going to, I'm going to put that on the pod for season three. Okay. So it's called the night circus. So we'll, we'll get yes. that. For it's a great book. It is it's a, a slow, book. it's a slow start, but it's a great book. So anyway, yes. talking about Addie, um, I, I just, ah, uh, uh, that's how I, I felt know. the whole time. Ah, uh, we're going to talk am, about this in the questions, but it it started out as one book and it turned into another book. Oh my gosh, Molly! Yes, this it's this like was, and I mean, yes. and, and, and this is so stupid. It sounds like she was making it up all along the way, but yeah. Sometimes authors, it feels like there is a rhyme and reason for everything you do, and you uh-huh. get about a third of the way, a half a way through, and all yeah. of a sudden, the tempo changes. It right. goes from being country music to like rock and roll real quick, and you're like. What happened? Did I well, miss something? Okay, so sometimes that happens, and it's a situation like Chandler and Monica. Yes. Nobody intended for them to be together, but those characters kind of evolved, and they, they became- developed into each other, yes. And they're arguably the best ca- best couple from the Friends series. Oh, fast. This, this book Who here- thinking putting Joey and Rachel together? Fuck me. That was- Why? That was so stupid. Yeah. Um, the- the thing about this book is that it starts with Addie being very empowered, right? Right. So she's a woman of the wild. Um, her neighbor influences her to to want to try things that are outside of what is expected right. of a young God woman. Right. Doesn't belong in a in a building. And it's a whole thing, plant. right? Yeah. I mean, 
she's in the countryside of France. And, um, you know, what, what is this life going to be like for her? When her parents kind of basically tell her she's marrying this this widower. This lonely man. Yeah. Well, he's, a, he's a widower with kids. And essentially right. she was marrying him to be the, the mother. Kids, right. Yeah. Um, she runs away to the woods and she's been told over and over again that you don't pray to the gods that answer at night. Because they're going to fuck with your life. Right. And so she's praying and she's praying and the sun starts going down. And so then enter Luke, the god who answers after dark. Right. But um, the Luke is the name she gave him. He she didn't gives him have the name, name. Yeah. But interestingly enough, that's what Henry calls him too. So he's kept that name. I don't know. Um, I don't know. He's obsessed with Addie yeah. and it's a whole weird well, it's, it's an abusive bothers, relationship. Oh, for sure. What bothers me is the story starts as a woman who is empowered, a woman who is strong, a woman who um, wants to be outside of what is expected of her and ends with a woman who just wants to be in love, just wants someone to love her right. and just take care of her. And fuck that. This is not This is not the story I signed up for. This is not the story I signed up for. I don't think it's the story we all signed up for. Oh, wow, turn you down a little bit <laughs> or maybe move it away my bad so. <laughs> well the microphone is all the way up here and the, the bell is all the way back here so. Okay, so i'm just gonna turn it down we may just need tom to turn me down in general but that's fine anyway i just feel like i just feel like it's okay if i would have seen that developing like right, but, but it wasn't a slow doesn't. turn like, it isn't she the first guy that this happens with is in paris the first guy that she in sleeps france with. when she was yeah the first guy she sleeps with because she actually wants to sleep with him and not because she's When she was dressed as a boy, yeah. Right. I can't remember his name, but like... I can't either. But like, that's the first time that she feels sad about somebody not remembering her. I mean, it's frustrating when like the the people... She rents a room from a, a, like a manager. Oh, fuck, and, yeah. And, like, and that's frustrating. Right. Yeah. But the only t- the first time that she like cares about a boy not remembering her is that guy that she sleeps with in paris and that isn't that long after it's not that many right. years after and it's like how did you go from that person to this person like i don't get it i don't either i don't either but can i start I mean, questions oh fuck we haven't even started questions yet my bad no. <laughs> i'm just angry about this book I know. Let's talk about it in the questions. I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> I see this. I feel some kind of way, as the youths say. In the youths. The youths. Um, we did not start this book in the past, as you would think. We started mm-hmm. in 2014, then jumped back and forth from there on out. What mm-hmm. did you think about this? Well, I mean, I guess 2014 is still the past, but yes. Well, I mean, um, for her, it's her present. It's her, it's her present. It's the modern yeah. past. Um, I thought that was an interesting choice. And actually, when I read over your questions, I didn't even remember that that's how it started. I remembered it starting, like, you know. Right. Well, like, in, she steals a coat. Like, she goes and steals clothes. Right. And, she, um, she goes into the, the shop and, well, she's um, in, well, she's in the artist's bed, right? She's in the guy's yeah. bed. And then the she musician. Plays on the piano. And she, the musician, yeah. She's, she's been with him for a while. Yeah, she's remember. been with him for like a month or so. And she's been helping him write the song that ultimately pays off and makes him super famous. Right. Um, which, oh man, I don't know if this is the right I gotta time to make this I got to talk about her muse stuff. I got okay. a whole question cool. about it. Cool. I'll hold my thought. It, it, it's just. I, mean, I thought I it was it, an interesting choice because you would expect her to start in the past and build right. to that. Well, you, okay, in books like this, you get backstory first, then you jump into it. Right, Instead, absolutely. we're thrown in and mm-hmm. confused. Like, mm-hmm. Addie talks about this boy not remembering her. Like, it's not mm-hmm. a big deal. Like, it happens right. all the time, which it does right. to her. But us as a reader have no idea what's going on. Right? right? It was It was definitely and, an interesting choice. I don't know if it was a smart one. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it for the first third of the book. The first mm-hmm. third I was in, she had me hooked. I liked mm-hmm. that it was a bit of a mystery. I liked that mm-hmm. we didn't get to know Addie right away. She was keeping right. a secret from us. Well, I mean, in that way it was intriguing because we don't actually find out the true force of her, the curse right. that Luke put her on 
put on her until you're right. It's about like a third way through before we really right. know what the curse means for her life. Right. Um, the whole time I was reading it, I was texting you. I'm just telling our listeners cause they don't know this. They aren't yeah. privy to our text chain. God, I'm, no. I'm texting you. This, this is a Molly book. And like, it just felt like that to me the whole time. Like this felt like a book that you it would did. read. I, um, it's I not should... a book I would read. <laughs> it got frustrating for me at the end. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about this. Yeah. So in the beginning, we get They got frustrating for me at the beginning. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I finished In the it. beginning, we get foreshadowing of Adeline being too independent for the times. Mm-hmm. This, co- this is a common theme with authors diving into, authors diving into historical fiction. Do you think mm-hmm. this helped or hindered the book? I think it was cliche. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for ringing my bell. Um, I I feel That's like what she said. <clears throat> um. Anyway, uh, I think that, <laughs> I think it was cliche, and I felt like there were several examples of like cliches in this book, and. Right. You know, having read this book after we came off of a month of romances, and this book promised us romance and didn't deliver that, I, I, I was still was stuck. adjacent. I was still stuck wanting to read books like The Love Hypothesis, which is why my Amazon cart is currently full of a whole bunch of them. <laughs> it's a dangerous thing. But anyway, um, like, I wanted a good love story, and I felt like I just got, I don't know. You know what it felt like to me? It felt like to me the cliche of the small town girl goes to the big city. It is. It's a variation of that. It's a variation of that through time. Yes. And I was also Um, struggling with the time traveler's wife comparisons. Like I kept feeling like. Oh, it. it, it, Because Luke keeps coming in and out of her life. Like it felt. Super weird. And Time Traveler's Wife is one of my least favorite books. I hated that book so much. I love that book. Of course you did. Of course you did. I love that book. Literally, literally the beginning of that book, he gives himself a blowjob. I was out. Done. (laughs) Done. I forgot about that. (laughs) Not for me. Nope. Are you okay, Molly? We've lost her. I forgot about that. <laughs> Spoiler alert if you haven't read Time Traveler. Well, it happens in like the first a couple pages of the book. So like, you know, I didn't spoil much. <laughs> it does not happen in the movie, thank God. I I equate this character to Bella. Why? Tread because... lightly. <laughs> You know how I feel about Bella Swan. I love Bella Swan. However, Bella seems to not be able to function if there isn't a man around. She can't yes. function. Okay. Okay. And I, that's how Addie LaRue is. She I is agree very with capable, you. but she can't function without a man. Luke, I agree Henry, with you, but whatever but nameless that, faces that she inspires along the way. I agree with you. But that's why I feel like this is two different books. Because that right. is not the story that she set up for us. Right. Right. Right, you. This was even the, even when we start in the present, where the musician forgets her, she she's still really out. independent. Yeah, she figured out how to survive. She, you know, she's doing her own thing. Right. She chooses not to go back to the musician that one night because she's like, ah, fuck it, I can just she's do like, that a different well, night. Well, she can't handle the heartbreak anymore, right? Right. She but, keeps getting to know this person, and then she keeps losing him over but, and over again. But you don't get that vibe at the beginning of the book. You don't get the vibe that the reason that she wants to not. I just. This is 50 first dates. It's just the reverse. Honestly, that was one of the things I was thinking when I was reading it. This is like a person with short-term memory loss who can't remember who they're. <laughs> it's just is. the reverse. Everybody else can't remember you. Okay, next question. Estelle plays a big role in who Addie becomes. She even warns her about praying to the god at night. Do you think mm-hmm. this character was important to the storyline? Yes. And as I mentioned previously, Estelle is sort of like... I mean, I could not picture Estelle like, um, oh, what's the Disney movie with the um, the princess who's Scottish? Oh, um, I will win my own hand. Brave. Yes, brave. You know the old Merida. lady. That, yeah. yeah, Merida. You know the old lady in that, like the old mm-hmm. witch lady? Like, that's what I was picturing Estelle as. She's just wild and... Um, 
I, I don't know. There were also parts of this book that made me think of the Magician series, but we can circle back to that. But this yeah. character, she was wild and she was brave and she was different than everyone else that society, the way society was telling her she had to be. Old hag, right? Right, she right. Mary and yeah. Right. But she was ultimately the best role model for Addie. Right. And, and I truly believe that if Addie... Like, if Addie was a real person, let's do that, because we do that. We um, do that. <laughs> if Addie was a real person, and she hadn't prayed to Luke, she would have grown up to be Estelle. Right. She would have She would have figured out a she way to run away from that she... wedding anyway, and she still would have been the old creepy lady, kooky lady, not right. creepy, kooky lady, who was making potions. Potions. And, and... Yeah. And praying to the gods of nature and burying shit in her yard. It like, but by the way, Catholics do that too. So. Right. Right. When you're, when you're, I used to work at a Christian bookstore and Mm -hmm. when Catholics are selling their house, they bury upside down a statue of one of the saints. I can't remember which one, but I'll link it below. And it helps you sell your house faster. Really? I mean, I'm not Catholic, so I can't tell you. But people swore by it. (laughs) It does sound like voodoo. Uh, (laughs) Voodoo, not Catholicism. I mean, but my mother getting a divorce made us the town gossip. (laughs) All religion has a little bit of voodoo in it, if you ask me. But Um, and that's coming from somebody who is religious. So yeah, Um, I'm going to jump to question five. Well, wait before you do that. What do you think about Estelle? Really? She was probably my favorite character in the book. (laughs) I like the character. I like the character development. I like her purpose. Mm -hmm. But it's a cliche to have an an elderly witch lead you on your way. Right. Well, I mean, maybe in the type of books that you read. (laughs) It's just, that's this! This is the genre! (laughs) I don't read a lot of books where there's an elderly witch that shows you the way. (laughs) It's 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 the mentor it's the mentor cliche right yeah Somebody but I mean wiser and older and just knows their when thing. that when that is done well it works really well I don't right. think it was done well here because Addie abandons that and right. it's not, and it's not just because she accidentally prays to a god of the night it's because no. she changes who she is to be with. A man like she ultimately right. just wants a man and that's right. not who that's not but who that was what she was getting at the beginning it's like yeah you could have had that Addie. you didn't have to do all this shit um and have to live for 300 years <laughs> book would have been a lot shorter babe so much um, shorter. Addie truly gives up everything and doesn't realize it's till it's too late mm-hmm. she really become literally becomes no one do you mm-hmm. think in her shoes would you have survived hmm well, first, I think Addie found an interesting way to survive. Um, and I, you have a question about the artwork later? Yes? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. So she found an interesting way to survive. I'll hold my thoughts on that. But um, I don't know that I don't know that I would have ever done that. Like, I don't I don't want to live for 300 years. Like, I don't want to live 300 years and see all these things. And no, that's not for me. Um, ultimately, I feel like... Addie was depressed. There right. were there was a lot of evidence that Addie was depressed. Well, I mean, she was stuck in a small town. You grew up in a small town. It's depressing. No, I mean after <laughs> the curse happened. Well, because she's lonely. She has no money. She's right. starving to death, but she can't die. But she could die because all she had to do was tell Luke, "I'm okay. I'm done." That's right, all she but, had to do. But like, it's a game of chicken at that point. But I don't think I would have. I wouldn't have played i would have just been like okay cool i'm done (laughs) the first time i'm having to steal bread from out of the oven and eat it when it's not cooked all the way yeah i'm good thank you (laughs) okay i i feel like i'm as stubborn as addy Mm -hmm. so i think even if i got myself stuck in that situation like she did Mm -hmm. i don't think i could cave yeah. I'm too argumentative. I feel like I'm always right. I, I know my flaws. I know who I am. And I'm using my hands. By the way, for those that are watch us on YouTube, my New York self comes out when I'm talking real fast and I talk with my hands <laughs> like a crazy person. Um, no, I, I, I think that um, I would have liked to have lived a lifetime. I mean, I know Addie wasn't aging, 
But I think I would have liked to live what the equivalent of a lifetime was. And then I'd have been like, no, it's good for me. I mean, she gets to see so much. Okay, so. So much of a history. Like, she's there for the French Revolution. So. She's there for World War II. um, So, around. So, around 165-166 in the book, I was praising this author. For not jumping into the cliche of historical fiction and just throwing in historical feature people just to throw in historical feature. And then she starts fucking talking about Voltaire. I was so mad. Yeah, I was so mad. But he's not a main character. Right? No, so but she could have still went on her way without ever bringing up her connection to historical people. Because the boy she slept with the first time, mm-hmm. for like out of passion, and right. to be friends with him. I later. don't. I don't know that. I don't know that that was a bad decision on her part. I think it helped connect us to what was happening in history at that time, which was smart. Right, which which helps you understand the timeline better. I mean, how many people in this country? Because we're American. Shout out to Portugal, who's been listening to us lately. You and, and who, what, what we were talked on Ukraine last week. Something oh, right. Like that. Shout out to the Ukraine. Um, Seriously, like, y'all good. <laughs> um, as Americans, I don't think that we actually know that much about European history. Right. And so, unless you study it. Unless you study it. And so connecting it to some famous historical figures, I think was actually really smart because it helped us put it into context. We don't, it doesn't happen here, right? So if you think about Outlander, like I know mm-hmm. you don't like the books, the book series Outlander, but you've right. seen the show, right? I like the show. I dig so, the show. So I like, I've read the first book and really enjoyed it. And I've seen all the episodes of the show and I'm, I'm ready for the next season to come out, but they're currently doing the American revolution, right? Yes. So, Everything that's happened in history, the series starts right after World War One. Right. Yes, World War One. So like two? You, no, I'm pretty sure maybe it is two. It's I can't two. remember. Was it was it the were they oh, Yes, shit. you're right. I will look it up. You can nope, talk right. Nope, you're right. It is two. Because it's when they two. come to America and she's going to med school, it's the sixties. So it's World War Two. Um so They've connected it to things in history that, like, we as Americans can appreciate and understand. And, I mean, that, the author is British, so she didn't have to do that for us. So um, you're, yeah. Yeah, but we have context. Now, season two of Outlander was a struggle bus for me because it was talking about um, the Bonnie Prince who was in Paris and there was all this French nonsense and I didn't know what the fuck was going on because I don't know that part of history. So for me, I have to compliment the author on the inclusion of people like Voltaire because it did help give me context to when this book was taking place. So you're telling me normal people don't hyperfixate on times of period and read everything about it and then just have that knowledge. I'm sure that people who write, who watch historical, I'm sure that people who read historical fiction do. I don't read historical fiction. I hyperfixate, learn about a thing, and then dump it like I never hyperfixate. You know, it's interesting though. I love history. I don't know. I don't know why I don't like historical fiction. It's okay. I don't know. You know, I have, I know a lot about, um, Prohibition and uh, mm-hmm. Vermont uh, Rum Runners because of a book I started. I know. I remember that. We talked about that on the pod, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of things you learned about. Uh, so <laughs> It makes you a good author, though. Thank you. If anybody will publish me. Well, if somebody will publish the alien needs a babysitter, the architect alien needs a babysitter, someone is going to publish you. <laughs> Which, by the way, I will share in the in the notes because do is- not share it because we are not going to promote that garbage. <laughs> no, you might this need to see this. I will put it. How about this? I won't put it in the notes. I will put it in story. I will put a screenshot of the cover in stories when this episode airs. Yeah, but only with a big "what the fuck" next to it <laughs> because why does that book exist? <laughs> Um, so this, this episode has been too many inside jokes. We need to get our shit together so our listeners can follow along. (laughs) No, I love our inside jokes. Um, Addie can't hold on to anything other than that ring and the coat. Which are the, which are the two things Luke purposely gave her. her. Right. Um, so let's talk about the art for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, since we keep talking about this, it's, 
at different points in the book, there are different, it mentions different parts of the art, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. It's I'll different pull- art that she has inspired. So I'm going to pull up the one that's in the very beginning of the book. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It burns. And that like, relates to her father, too. Right. Right. And there's also sheet music and there's paintings. But, but you know what? This, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. But throughout this book, we learned that Addie has figured out to a way to leave an impression on history mm-hmm. without actually saying her name. Or, right. And I found that to be, this is one of my favorite things about this book, is because Addie would, outsmarted Luke. Right? Mm. In that moment. Well, Luke inspires it, right? Because right. he tells her Takes that... Her to the opera, right? No, it's in the... Um, she's not a duchess. I don't know French. Like Oh, when they're in the salon. That yeah, whole thing? There's like a party. And yeah. he, he basically... She had snuck her way in and yeah. Yeah, and I mean, she didn't really sneak in. She was invited, but they right. forgot they invited her. Um but right. he, he basically tells her that once an idea isn't implanted, like it doesn't go away. And right. so she just makes herself an idea that continues to be implanted throughout history, which is how the art gets. But I'm sorry to burst your bubble, Molly, but this really bothers me. Why? Because, number one, if she's not memorable, how are the fucking artists left with a memory? It's an impression of an idea. And number two, photography is a fucking art. But she cannot be captured in film. Now, explain to me. Explain to me. Explain to me. I'm just how- going to my headphones out for a minute. <laughs> Keep going. I explain hear you. Explain to me how she can be painted and sketched. And we can see all those impressions of her. Seeing her face. We're we- never seeing her face. Her face is a there's, that, there's the one of her like laying in bed where you basically can see all of her. And, not and the face. No. Her face is blurred. Not accurate because one of the things that they talk about, and Henry's friend, I cannot think of her name, but the one that's working on her PhD. The constellations. The constellations of her face, the six um, freckles. freckles that form a constellation. You see that in every one of the pictures, mm-hmm. every one of the pieces of art, except, of course, you know, the the music, because that's not visual. And that is what inspires Henry's friend to actually write about Addie anyway. Right. I mean, he she doesn't know she's writing about Addie. She believes it's the same woman throughout history that has inspired several right. different artists. How? How does that work? But the photography doesn't. I don't know. It's I'm it's not. It's such a fucking plot hole that really, really bothers me. I'm sorry. That's all and I with, can say. I'm sorry. And with digital <laughs> photography, with digital photography, even if you couldn't get her perfect, you could airbrush the shit out of that and you'd have an image of right. her. I'm know. not okay with it. I'm not okay with it. I guess it's cute that she figured out a way to be remembered, but I'm not okay with it. Good. That's all. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're fine. I just want to make sure you're okay before we move on. I'm not okay. This book really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, Henry. Um, his story. Let's talk about him. What did mm-hmm. you think? What did you like? Let's talk about him in general. Do you like how he and Addie cross paths? Let's start there. I thought their meet cute was really, you know, it was cute. It was um, original. Right. So she's stealing the, a book from his store. It's not really mm-hmm. his store, but it's it's his store. Um, right. and, and she's stealing a book from his store. And any time that a door closes between her and someone else, they forget her. Right? Right. Which Or she disappears from view in general, honestly. Right. Which is another plot hole that I'll revisit in a minute. Um, the cat always remembered her. That's not what bothered me so much as the group dates where someone would leave to go to the bathroom and come back right. and like forget that that person was there. The whole thing, everybody just all of a sudden like was right reset. Like, yeah, right. No. no, no. I'm sorry, but if you walk, okay, if I walked out of a room and walked back in and there was a person at the table and everybody's talking to them like they've been there the whole time, I would fake it. I'm sorry, people are too nice. 
and they don't want to seem like an asshole, so they're going to be like, you yeah, might, you might fake it. You might fake it in the moment, but you would definitely have a conversation with whomever you came there with later. Like, like who the fuck was that? Why can't I remember that person? Right. I don't remember her coming. And then they'd be like, oh my gosh, me either. I definitely like, forgot about her at one point. Come on. Right. Oh, but they wouldn't be able to do that because they'd be out of the room and they okay. would have both forgotten her at that point. It- what a fucking time loop issue. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I need the science. Um, this B-E- is like some MCU. I need I need the timeline explained. This is like some MCU like wibbly wobbly timey wimey bullshit. Yes, it is wibbly wobbly. Okay, so okay, so but what I was gonna say about Henry. So so Henry doesn't forget her. So when she goes out of the the store, you know she's convinced with the book. Right, she's convinced because he follows her that he the door did not in fact shut. So that's how he didn't forget her. Right. So she goes back again because she wants to exchange the book for something for else. Cash or yeah. And and she doesn't think this will be a problem because it's never been a problem before. Um and Henry Except remembers, he remembers her. her. The, yeah. that line though, I got goosebumps. I remember you. I was like, Whoo! Finally, well, someone. I mean, it's clearly like everybody's favorite like thing because it's like all over the uh interwebs yeah well in the special edition that we have um the back cover of the special edition that we have says i remember you i didn't even look at that and um you know that's supposed to be like the big thing but here's the thing i don't know that addy actually loved henry i think addy loved the fact that someone remembered her i agree and i 100 percent think and I 100% think that Henry's curse was specifically to break Addie so she would Oh, yes. I mean, he even looks like her mystery man, right? Mm-hmm. I he just, looks like Luke and the guy that she used to masturbate right, to because, when he was a teenager. Right. It, it was anyway. not a real person. She sketched a guy and then she used to masturbate to him. So, whatever. Early um, <laughs> Do you think Henry's story was important? So the one thing about this book that really caught me off guard. So I have a, a friend at work who is obsessed with this book. Okay, really? She loves it. And when she found out I was reading it, she was just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear. And so I was kind of like live texting her while I was reading uh-huh. parts of it. Because I was like, I just want you to know that this is not my normal genre. And so like right. going into this, I'm already like, mm, am I going to like it? I don't know. Um, but what did catch me off guard? So I, sorry, let me circle back. I texted her and told her about halfway through the book that what I felt was going to happen was that the book was going to end with Henry dying and then Addie would, that would be enough to break her that she would give her soul up to Luke. Right. I will say that that's not too far off of what actually did happen. Right. But what shocked me was the fact that he was cursed too. Right. I did not see that coming. I did I, not see it coming that he was cursed too, and that the reason he was cursed is because he tried to kill himself. My assumption was he looked like her mystery man. Mm-hmm. Luke looked like her mystery man. I mm-hmm. had a feeling Luke had something to do with it because mm-hmm. there was no like I felt like he was a plant, right? Yeah. Like, I thought so too, like, but I didn't but I didn't think he was also cursed. Maybe I, I well I first thought it was Luke pretending not to be so Luke. Did I. So there was that, but it was mm-hmm. just, I don't know. Like he, him being, but like his whole storyline, I felt was unnecessary. Like we jumped into his point of view there for a while and I get it. We needed his story to get context of why he's there. It just felt like too much extra story in the book. Yeah. And I actually didn't mind Henry's story. I do. I think- like it. He's a likable character. Yeah. I actually think I would have enjoyed more of a story of the time of his life. Like of that's what led up to him getting what his struggle. I mean, he was suicidal. Right. I would like, I would have liked that story. I think, but I I would never begrudge more LGBTQ characters being in literature because we need it. But I don't think him being bi was necessary to the story. I was going to say that. Oh my God. (laughs) We did not. I thought I would be ringing all the bells, but you do not make people bisexual just to make them bisexual. Right. It has to be natural for the storyline. Right. It has to be. Like, well, and this is kind of another one of those <laughs> new adult books, and it's very Gen Z. Well, not Gen Z. Sorry, it's very 
yeah, Gen Z and millennial. It's very much them to have LGBT millennials. I am not a millennial. I'm technically both. I'm a a Zennial. We've talked about this before. I'm the micro generation that's between Gen X and um, Gen Z. It depends on the chart. I'm either a Zennial. We already posted the charts. We already posted the charts. We're moving past this. (laughs) We got 15 minutes left. There's nothing wrong with being a millennial, Molly. I just can't consider myself one. (laughs) I can. Um, Anyways, but the book is. For millennials is what you're saying? Well, it's a new adult book published right. in 2020, which a new adult book published in 2020 is really for Gen Z. Right. Um, so Luke uses her father's r- ring to add insult to injury, mm-hmm. but she still doesn't use it to call him. They have a very strange relationship throughout this book, a very mm-hmm. toxic one at times. Did mm-hmm. you like this portion of the storyline at all? Unrelated side note, why can she not leave her ring anywhere, but Henry can leave his watch in the apartment? It's bullshit. Because I think Luke did it to torture her. It's because because um, the Luke, it, it was a reminder of her past. I think what it came down to is the ring was a reminder of the past. We don't any get any backstory on that watch at all. So I think it was the watch he was wearing the probably right, the night that he did Right. But, but the ring but had a significant importance right so but to answer your actual question um their relationship is toxic clearly Mm -hmm. i mean he's this is the part that reminded me of the magicians did you watch the magicians i watched some of it not all of it so the magicians book series uh and the magician show really only like worked together for like the first season Mm -hmm. but one of the seasons of the show there is a god a demigod who um, he convinces somebody, a group of people, he's somebody else and they pray to him and it results in him killing everybody and raping the only person who survives and impregnating her. And basically then they take her memories to protect her from this and protect her from the truth. So she still thinks that this is a good God even though he's like her rapist and has impregnated her and killed um, all the people around her and killed all the people around her. And so that abuse, <laughs> right? So that reminded me a lot of Luke, like that mm. feels like something he would do. He, he turned everybody into puppets because he really wanted Addie. And I don't think he wanted Addie because he was in love with Addie. I think he wanted Addie because she was the one soul that he couldn't have. have. Um, so I, it's, it's, and it's, a I don't think, right. But, okay, so this happened in... Did you watch True Blood? No. Okay, it happens in True Blood. There is, like, this demigod that can control minds and eats people and, like, she's part girl. It's a fucking weird storyline. If any of you watch True Blood, you know. But, like, her whole thing is, like, going for fairies. And Sookie ends up being a fairy. And so mm-hmm. she wants to kill Sookie so she can get to the... Fa- Anyways, but this is a trope. It's the God can't have what it wants trope, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, I don't know that trope, but... We just turned it into one. We just named it. God can't have what he wants um, Luke is very childish. He is. is used to getting his way. And well, he it's an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. If this was... If we were talking about two people we knew... Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how he never leaves her alone. He constantly is ruining her life. Mm-hmm. We would be calling the cops. We yeah. would be getting a restraining order. Yeah. So this is this is emotional and fit. like we're seeing it now with Kim and Kanye on social media. Kanye yeah, I, West I make is, it a, I make it a point in my life to not care whatever the Kardashians are doing. So right, I don't really know what's what going he, on with that. You don't know what's going on. Okay, quick no. overview. Kim is dating Pete Davidson. Whoop de fucking do. No, I don't cares. know who that is. Pete Davidson from SNL? I don't know who that is. Tall, skinny, white dude. Kind of looks like Beetlejuice. Moving on. Um, okay. But <laughs> she's dating somebody new. They're divorced, right? I didn't but, even know they were divorced. Yeah. Kim and Kanye are divorced. But Kanye's pissed she's moved on. So he is physically bullying her and her new boyfriend on social media. Posting nasty things about him and mm-hmm. her. Posting mm-hmm. private text messages. It this is 
it's abuse on a greater level, right? It doesn't seem to surprise me. Kanye is crazy. Right. (laughs) But it's abuse, right? Mm. Just different variations of it. And I had a point. Did you though? Never. (laughs) Um, Never. I want to ask you a question. Please. And then I'll get back to mine because I've lost my damn mind. (laughs) Do you think... Do you think that Addie loved Luke? Absolutely not. But you think Luke loved her? I think Luke loved her. I don't think either one of them loved each other. I think Luke loved owning her. Mm -hmm. I think his love and his desire and his need to control her made him love her. Mm -hmm. I think it was a power thing. He loved the power over her. Mm -hmm. And when she pretended to be in relationships with him, and when she pretended to have these strong emotions towards him, it was a sense of control. And it felt like a air quote, normal relationship. I don't think it was even her pretending. I think like when they were together in uh, New Orleans and like he bought her the house and everything. Yeah. I don't think that either one of them were pretending then. I don't think that either one of them are capable of truly loving someone. And even with her relationship with Henry, I questioned it a lot. I think that she loved the idea of somebody remembering her. Now, ultimately, she committed a huge sacrifice for Henry. I think she felt... So she maybe actually did love him. I think she had feelings for Henry. And Mm -hmm. I think Henry was beginning to fall in love with her. Mm -hmm. And I think if they had more time, they could have fell in love. But mm-hmm. I think it was situational. Or if they met in some pods, like Love is Blind, maybe they would have been fine. Which is our new obsession, besties. Oh, gosh. New obsession. It's not okay how much Molly and I are texting about Love is Blind. No, it is okay. Because it's making our life, it's making us happy. And that's what's important. Uh, I guess. <laughs> um, but I don't think either one of them, I don't think Luke or Addie is capable of really, truly loving someone. And so... Um, when she starts to... I think Addie's been broken for too long. Mm-hmm. She's been alone and... And Luke is the devil, so... Wait, and I honestly think Addie has to love herself. And I don't think mm. she knows who she is. She Well, clearly she doesn't because the person that she started the book as is not the person that she ended the book as, which has been our biggest complaint the whole time. Mm-hmm. That this is two different books in one. Right. Listen to your, now, your Auntie Molly kids. You cannot love others until you love yourself. Period. Now, and and I, the same can be said for Henry, right? Because he did not love himself. He was ready to no, die. He was right. suicidal. And um, I think, actually, he did. I mean, he would have died had Luke not, not yeah. stopped him mid-air. Um, so, but I will say, but I will say the end of this book, her sacrificing what she had wanted mm-hmm. for Henry to have more time. Yeah was an act Very of love. Very selfless. It, it was selfless. an act of love. And yeah. then Henry taking the stories that she that he had written down, Addie's stories, and publishing them in a book. I liked that ending. It was an act of self-love, or of, of love for her. He did what it is- for her. And that is why one of the reasons, I said this at the beginning, I wanted to bring this up. I don't like that V.E. Schwab's name is on the cover. I think Be- the book itself, the, the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, the one that Henry writes... Doesn't have an author's name on it. It doesn't have an author's name on it. And I think it would have been very clever if she only put her name on the initials on the spine or her name on the spine so right. that she still gets the context. Agreed. But I but I think like that was a missed it would have design been, it would opportunity. Have been a great, oh, it sure was. I okay, so I have a love hate with this ending, and I want to hear what you think. Okay. Um so this ending turns into this beautiful, like her book and her stories being everywhere across the world and mm-hmm. her, everybody being able to say her name. First and mm-hmm. foremost, I said this in our text messages, that should have been able to air quote, break the curse, right? If everybody yeah. knows her name and can say her name, then she right. should be memorable now. That was right. a missed opportunity by the author. Right. Two, all of a sudden, Addie is vengeful and going to just, spoiler alert, She her, she's decided at the end of the book, she's going to make Luke's life hell. Right. Like, that is not with her personality at all. Right. I think the author was running out of ideas for the end of the book and wanted to have it leave it open ended so that there's a, another book and it just. I hope I there's not another book, and if there is, do not make me read it. Um, what did you think about the ending? I, I think that it was selfless and an example of love that they both 
did something for each other. Right. Um, I don't understand, again, him being able to write the book because he remembered her. And now, like, you're right. Now the book can be published all of a sudden. And now it can be, uh, her name can be everywhere. And and yeah. then, and then and the everyone fact- can say her name. And, like, there were girls talking about it and saying her name in the shop. And... And his friend, who's the artist, actually wrote, did her PhD on Addie. Right. Like, so I, I don't know. I I don't know. It felt, um, I I wanted to enjoy the ending, but I really just didn't enjoy the book, you know? Yeah. I mean. Was there there, any quotes that stuck out to you? Because, I mean, mean, this is a quotable book. The I Remember You, I guess, is the one because I think that's the one everyone holds on to. One of um, my, my favorite is what a luxury to tell one story to be read and remembered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, like that. Um, I'll tell you that my favorite part of the book, my absolute favorite part of the uh-huh. book, was where she discovered, because we know from the beginning, from before she was cursed, she was an artist herself. Right. I love the part where she discovered that she can do art if she's using Henry's hands. hands. Yes, that was a very lovely, beautiful scene. The fact that she was just bawling and, like, that was all a part of, like, this is a huge moment for her where something that was completely important to her. That was more important to her than than the freedom of being single. It was, was, that was her. It was a restoration of herself. Right. And that's something that she hadn't gotten to do for 300 years. She figured out a way for to to remain relevant through history and to be yeah. included on these artists' works. Was but there she any, couldn't actually do her art herself. So. Was there any of the art you liked more or less? I like the sketch of her in bed. I thought that was really cool. Really um, that. I really liked, she had that girl, the lesbian girlfriend in New oh, York yeah. City. The one that does the abstracts of people as night skies. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite. That was very clever. And considering that Addie has this constellation on right. her face. Um, Which, by the way, I was very confused about this. Because if you're on YouTube, look at the picture right now. If you're not, go look at the cover somewhere on Google. Google it. So on the cover, it shows the six constellations that are yes. supposed to be Addie's pattern Tattoo. on her nose. Yeah. No, it's not a tattoo. It's her nose. No, sorry. Her I was freckles. misspeaking. Yeah. But then on the cover of the special edition that we have, they've put them in a bird. Oh, I get it now. The bird because of, our dad's our bird. dad. Yeah. The whole time I was like, is this what it looks like? Does it make a bird? <laughs> what co- What is this constellation? I don't get it. Why do they keep calling it a constellation? Did you uh, get a chance to read the article I put in the notes about it becoming a movie? I did. I was like, I didn't remember you put an article. But yes, I did read it and then it's becoming a movie. And I Thoughts? do not know. I don't know if I'll see it. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that it's becoming a movie. I think most no, of the books either. that we most of the books that we cover on the pod will either have already been movies or will be movies because they're popular books. And especially this season, we've been doing a lot of books that we've been seeing on social media. Um and, uh, of course, those books are going to attract an audience in film. Right. But, I mean, you and I have a good track record of picking books before they even become popular and I think, becoming TV shows. So I think this would be better as a TV series I agree. and not a movie. I don't and think you can do it justice. I, in, I mean, I'm not attached to this book the way I am others. So casting doesn't mean anything to me. You? Um... <sighs> Okay, there isn't a person in this age range that I can think of, but I kept picturing Henry looking like Forney from, um, uh, what's that movie with uh, Natalie Portman? I can remember his character's name, and I can't remember, um, she's a teenager, or she's pregnant, and Where the, the Heart Walmart Is? The Walmart one? She has a baby yeah, in is Walmart? It, is it called Where the Heart Is? Yes. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, Where the Heart Is with Natalie Portman. The guy that played Forney, um, James Frain. I don't know anyone in the age range of what would be Henry, but I picture James Frain as Henry. A young James Frain as Henry. Okay. Um, you know, as scrawny as he is, 
Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about how scrawny and wiry he is. Mm-hmm. I think of um, the actor that does the voice of Toothless, uh, Jay. Jay, Jay, Jay. Um, I know who you're talking about. Jay I know Bar- who you're talking I'm going to say it wrong. Uh, Barcula, B-A-R-U-C-A. I don't know how to say his name, but I know who you're talking about. But no, to me, that guy is too, like, nerdy. No. Like, Hen- like Hen- Henry, Henry has to be, Yeah, but he has to be hot nerdy. And that guy is He is hot. He's just No, he, isn't. he is okay. not. We have different tastes. I know. I know we do. <laughs> but our husbands apparently do not because no. we're basically Twins. the same person. <laughs> um uh, I, no, I, 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 I final for, thoughts. Um I'm I I'm glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> what was your rating? What was your good re-rating? Um let me look. I don't, um, I don't know. I'm leaving it at What a are your three. final thoughts? I'm leaving it at a three. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there was places the author could have improved. Mm-hmm. Um, there, It's well written. I am not taking away from that. It is well written. It is not dumped down. It is not a stupid book. It, it missed the mark for me. You know? Yeah. It, yeah. It's like you meet a boy and he's smart and he's funny and he's a fan of the Miami Dolphins. You know what I mean? You're just, he was right there. And then he has a terrible football team or won't stop talking about his bug collection or really, really loves traveling to a quilting bee every year with his grandma. Just, there's just one thing. That actually sounds really cute. Um, I rated it officially on Goodreads. I have the rating as a three, but I put in my comments, my like actual written review, 2.5 mm-hmm. out of five stars. So usually on Goodreads, unless it moves you f- from a four to a five, uh-huh. I give you the higher rating if I consider it a half. Um, so two and a half, I agree with you. I think the writing was good. I don't think that's the problem. The no. problem is not the writing. She's very eloquently, just, she's an eloquent writer. Um, it's just me. We love you, girl. It, it, it just. It wasn't it for me. I, I need to see. You know what I need? I need to see her notes. I need to see her rough I really draft. Don't. I, really I, don't. I This is a mystery to me. This book has so much potential. What the fuck happened, man? I, yeah. What happened? Yeah. And clearly, we're in the minority of this. Right! There are no, so many people um, that love this book. My friend Cassie has been bugging me to read this book because she knows how much I love historical fiction. Mm-hmm. And I told her we had it scheduled for pod and she's like, yes, read it. Yeah. I need to know what you think. And then when yeah. I told her what I felt and she's like, ah, ha, ha, I feel vindicated because everyone. Oh, she, she didn't like it she either. She doesn't like it either. Mm. She's like, she said she liked it in the beginning mm-hmm. and then it just fucking false flat man like, well my friend from work was deeply disappointed that i didn't like it did you get tears if we're gonna upset people we need no tears well i mean i didn't talk to her in person i was talking to her via text but she was actually with a friend at lunch and the friend also loved the book so they were both deeply disappointed so i disappointed two people in one shot well we're about to disappoint thousands <laughs> <laughs> thousands uh, you I don't think know. The people here. I don't know. Let me check RSS and see how that's going. Um, <laughs> I don't have anything else unless I don't you want either. Okay, Let's so go into well, next week. All right, so next week, super super special episode because Francesca Zappia is with us. She's going to be talking about her new book, Hats and Jammer, which Molly and I I have finished it. Molly is almost finished with it. So close. And we have arcs of this book right here, advanced reader copies I'm of her new book. It is available for pre order now. It is released in June. And then um, the week after that, we will be doing another of Molly's picks, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I'm like five chapters in and I like it. So I'm really nervous. It's a Molly book. It's a Molly book. <laughs> uh, as always, folks, you need to follow us on the socials because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also have coming up this month. The Hunger Games will be the week after the Seven Husbands of yes, Evelyn Hugo, which and is a April jam. 
And we are reading, we are talking about the whole series. So we're going to do all three books. And I'm probably going to bring in some stuff from um, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I don't know if I'm going to read that. Okay, if you don't read that one, Molly. But um, we'll talk about all of the Hunger Games. um, And then the final week of the month, because there are five weeks this month of March. The final week of this month, we will read another of Molly's picks. The Lost Apothecary, which I have not read yet. <laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> I haven't either. Um, but that's it. That's it. We are out of time, mm-hmm. out of patience with this book. Mm, preach. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time, gang. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April and not those of anyone else. Today, book was The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow book besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the book besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.